Hello, and welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it, out in the new beyond, where comfort zones are history, and we're tasked with learning how to navigate this brave new world. I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent the last 46 years in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world, how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to progress their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, I'll be your guide. And from time to time, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are out there courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. Join me as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. I'm ready. Are you? All right, let's begin. Hi there, podcast listeners. Welcome. I'm Judith Rich, and I'm so excited to be back with you this week. We're going to have some interesting guests be with us in the coming weeks, but for today, it's just us chickens. And I have a powerful question for you to ponder. Is life happening to you or for you? We're going to explore that question in this episode. You know, the nature of life today is that literally everyone on planet Earth is in the new beyond right now. So the question is, now what? We're all out here with our comfort zones having been exploded, going into the third year of a global pandemic, and we're searching for how to find our bearings and get grounded so we can move forward. Stress is already here. The question is, how do you manage it? How do you navigate your way in a world where change is massive and happening at a faster and faster pace? The answer to that question lies in our mindset around change. If your internal dialogue regarding change is that it's something threatening and scary and to be avoided at all costs, well, you'll have one kind of experience in the change process, and it most likely won't be an empowering one. Your resistance to what is already happening isn't going to change the fact that it's happening. Change is upon us, whether you like it or want it or not. The key to managing change effectively is to get your mind wrapped around it, to get your mind on board with it. In other words, to surrender to what already is instead of fighting, resisting, denying, or avoiding it. Now, that one shift can make all the difference. That one shift can allow your mind to open and allow new possibilities to emerge, new insights to bubble up, 
And I just might add that one shift is the whole game itself. The shift itself is the game. And that's where all the work lies. And ultimately, you may even come to see and know that what's happening in your life right now is happening for you, not to you. And that's an important insight. So I contend that life isn't happening to you. Even though it may seem that way, that may be your experience, but actually life is happening for you. Now, that awareness might not be obvious at first. In fact, your ego mind is going to argue like crazy and insist that when life isn't going the way you want, you are being unfairly treated or attacked. But that's just the ego doing its job which is to protect that which it thinks it is. And that which it thinks it is, is you. So the ego is busy defending and protecting you, i.e. itself, from anything that threatens its identity. That might sound daunting and hopeless, and you might even be saying to yourself, what the heck, this is all too complicated. Why should I even bother? And my friends, That's when the ego wins the argument. It'll say, yeah, you're right. Just give up. You're never going to win. You're never going to succeed. Why even bother? Stay comfortable and safe right where you are. Come on, let's rebuild that old broken down box and make it nice and comfy. And that is the outcome if your mind is convinced that change or life is happening to you. You'll spend your energy attempting to rebuild the old broken down comfort zone, fluff it up, and move back in. But let's look at the other side of the coin. The one that says change is happening for you. What is required to be able to accept that possibility? To get ourselves wrapped around that option I think it helps if we know a little bit about the change process itself and how it works. So in any change process, there are basically three phases or three stages, disintegration, transition, and integration. So let's look at each one of those. The stage one is disintegration, where everything is coming apart. It's characterized by disruption, chaos, and feeling like the ground has been removed from under our feet. As in right now, COVID. This is where we are right now on the planet. We are in stage one. We are in the stage of disintegration where everything is coming apart. The ground is moving beneath our feet. We don't know where solid ground is. COVID has been a huge game changer for all 8 billion people on the planet. There has been tremendous career, job, and family disruption during these past two years. We talked about some of that in a previous episode. Or, you know, another example of the whole game changing and coming apart is if we receive a 
diagnosis of a catastrophic illness or other health challenges or the death of a family member or a close person in your life, divorce, job loss, relationship breakdowns, financial difficulties, any and all forms of loss leave us feeling threatened and shocked. So that's stage one, coming apart. Stage two, transition. The thing has come apart and you're standing in the rubble. Life is no longer the way it was, but whatever it's going to become has not yet occurred and you can't even see what or how it's going to turn out. Marilyn Ferguson has a great line in her book, The Aquarian Conspiracy, where she says, it's not so much that we're afraid of change or so in love with the old ways, but it's the place in between that we fear. It's like being between trapezes. It's Linus when his blanket is in the dryer. There's nothing to hold on to. Can you imagine being a trapeze artist? Let's say you're flying high uh, above the circus floor and there's no net. And you're on the trapeze and you're looking out there in front of you and you're about to let go of that trapeze. You're swinging back and forth and you don't yet see that other trapeze coming. And yet you need to let go and fly through the air before you even see it and trust that you and the trapeze are going to meet at the precise moment in time. That's the transition phase, that free fall stage. And then there's integration, stage three, when things come together in a different way, in a new way. Now, the tendency is that we want to take all the old pieces and put them back together as much as we can like they were before. But that doesn't work because in the first two stages, things have shifted, they have evolved, they have changed, and they simply won't go back together in the same way. Here's a principle. When I'm open to discovering new possibilities, I will begin to see them. So let's look a little deeper. We live in a field of infinite possibilities known as the quantum field. The quantum field, or what I'll just call the field, is made up of energy. And guess what? You and I are made of the same stuff. We are made of the exact same energy as the field. And in fact, we are the field. We and the field are one. There's a wonderful YouTube video called Symphony of Science, in which astrophysicists Carl Sagan, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, and Richard Feynman take us on a journey into the cosmos. Their words are set to music, and it's really an amazing experience to view. I'm going to leave the link to the video in the show notes, and I encourage you to go watch it. In fact, I'm going to give you that as a homework assignment. Go watch this video. In it, Carl Sagan 
says, quote, the cosmos is within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the cosmos to know itself, unquote. So when I say we are the field, this is scientific fact. And within the field lies all potential in unmanifest form. So how does unmanifest potential take form? That's actually, we're talking about the creative process here. That's where you and the field connect. And it's about, are you conscious as you connect with the field or are you unconscious? That is going to determine what you create. As part of the field and one with it, your consciousness presses into it. An unmanifest potential begins to take shape and creates form. Now, I'm sure the scientists among us could give us a much more sophisticated and complex explanation of what really happens and how that works. But from a lay perspective, you literally are the creator of your reality by what thought forms or consciousness you put into the field. Your consciousness creates your reality. I'm sure you've heard this before. Some call it the principle of attraction or the law of attraction. What gets activated in the quantum field is the energy that resonates at the same frequency as the energy you are projecting into it. So if I have the mindset that life is happening to me, my consciousness is occupied by fear and mistrust. If I'm in resistance, denial, or avoidance, that's the energy I'm expressing and that I'm pressing into the field. And the field will respond by returning in form the equivalence of what I've put there. So if I'm committed to resisting, denying, avoiding, hesitating, uncertainty, unworthiness, et cetera, et cetera, I will be generating an equivalent response back to me in form. And the experience that I am generating will be one of struggle, efforting, survival. Take a look around right now. You'll see many people struggling in this time of COVID. And if they're of the mindset that this is all happening to me, they will not be equipped with the kind of consciousness that would allow them to take their circumstances and turn them into opportunities. Yet we see plenty of examples of people in the world right now, some even teenagers who are using this time to create and build businesses, invent new internet apps. Think of Wordle. The guy who invented Wordle just sold it to the New York Times for over seven figures. And there are TikTokers who are making millions from some creative idea they decided to go all in for. That's the mindset of life is happening for me. And when I have that mindset, life is happening for me, I'm going to be open and curious. I won't be in the question, why is this happening? 
I'll be in the question, what is possible now? Given what's happened, now what's possible? So I'm not focusing on the thing that's happened. I'm focusing on what's possible. When I show up in the field and my consciousness is is occupied by openness, curiosity, creativity, willingness, the experience I'm generating is one of flow. The best example I can think of right now on a personal level is my evolution in my mindset around the subject of turning 80. So back when I turned 70, which now seems like a lifetime ago, I was already starting to get anxious about entering what I feared would be the last productive decade of my life. Like in my mind, my 70s were going to be the high point and it would all be downhill from there. The prospect of turning 80 and beyond seemed very bleak to me. From 70, I just couldn't see the potential of what 80 could be. When I look around and observe other people in my similar age group, I see mostly people who are retired, uh, people who have slowed way down. And if they're people of privilege and resources, most likely they're living lives of leisure, rest, and enjoyment. Maybe they play golf, they travel, they visit with friends and family. It's a fairly low stress life, not necessarily one without challenges. However, there very well might be health or, or other kinds of challenges. And of course, there are elderly people who don't have many resources, who might be living a simpler life now, and they're still happy. They're not necessarily struggling or in survival. They're living a simple life. Or then there are those who are struggling and are in survival. And we see plenty of examples in today's world, not only of elderly people in survival, but certainly people of all ages. So I'm not saying that the new beyond is the land of milk and honey. What I am saying is that the experience we'll have will be a function of our consciousness. For consciousness aligns with itself. It is our consciousness that creates form. In my own age experience, since I've never been 80 before, I've never walked on this territory. And now that I'm here, you know, it's not at all what I thought it was going to be back when I was 70. I find I'm compelled to be more productive, more creative, more engaged as I navigate this time in my life. I'm not saying it's the right way to do old age. It seems to be my way of doing old age. And so I'm honoring that. I'm actually getting more fit, paying closer attention to my diet and nutrition because I plan to be around for a while. And frankly, I don't want to be an older person who's tired, worn out, and ready for the rocking chair. Not that, again, not that that's wrong. It's just not right for me. In the new beyond, where we're tasked with finding ourselves in the land of the unfamiliar and uncomfortable, 
You might think that means you can't ever kick back and rest or spend any time being at ease. My own, my own life being an example of that. I don't spend much time kicking back, but that's a function of how I've always been and who I've always been. You know, we, in transformation, we say how we do anything is how we do everything. So how I'm doing old age is actually how I've done the whole rest of my life. But I, living in the new beyond, where you're learning to get comfortable being uncomfortable does not mean that you go around all uptight and stressed out, ready to slay dragons and leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's not about being heroic. Although actually, I think we're all becoming some form of hero or heroine just to be alive in today's world. But living in the new beyond also doesn't mean that if you want to spend the day in your PJs watching Netflix and popcorn, that you're being lazy or slacking off. It doesn't mean that's not okay. In fact, if spending the day, spending the day in your PJs might just constitute being way beyond the box for many of you. For example, if you've been chasing goals and success all your life, or maybe you've been climbing the corporate ladder or some other kind of career ladder, only to discover that once you reached the top or got close enough to the top to have a more expansive view of the territory up there, you realized, whoa, this isn't the ladder for you. Or if you've been striving to live up to other people's expectations of you, not really living your own life, if you've charted a course to a life that you find unfulfilling and unsatisfying, then maybe spending the day in your PJs might just be what the doctor ordered. You might even spend more than a day or a week or a month or who knows. So don't get the idea that I'm prescribing a high stress lifestyle in which you're always on the knife's edge or in which you never get to stop and rest. No, that's not what the new beyond is about. I suggest that the mindset life is happening for me is an empowering context to live from. And it's not dependent upon circumstances. It's not just that life is happening for me when everything is going great and well and you like and want it all. Life is happening for me is also the context when it ain't looking so good. It's not particularly what we thought we wanted. And this is where we're challenged. If you're someone who's had trust issues, and quite frankly, who hasn't, this context is going to challenge you because it requires that you place your trust in something beyond or greater than yourself. You might call this something greater, God or you might call it love or the universe or creative intelligence, oneness, Allah, or source. The, tr the truth is it doesn't care what you call it. It is known by many names, but to trust that you are connected to something greater and that that something greater has your back, even when the shift is hitting the fan, my friends, that takes courage. That kind of trust 
requires faith in what's possible. And again, it's not about what happens. At the level of what happens, it could look horrendous. It could look like your worst nightmare or your greatest fears coming true. My greatest fear came true right after the pandemic struck in early 2020. Want to know what that was? My greatest fear has always been that someday I would or could lose all my money and end up as a bag lady. You know, it even has a name. It's called the bag lady syndrome. Does anybody else have that fear? It's actually quite a common one. Well, I accomplished the first part of that nightmare. I accomplished the I lost all my money part of that nightmare in May of 2020. When a real estate investment I had put all my retirement money into, gulp, turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. For over 30 years, this had been a stellar investment with over 1,500 investors in Marin County real estate. If you know anything about Northern California and Marin County, you know that's some of the most prime real estate in the country, in the United States. What could possibly go wrong? 30 years of impeccable results with investors never missing a payment. It seemed like a sure bet. And so I bet the whole house. Well, shortly after COVID arrived, the principal of this investment, the person who started and managed it for 30 years, had a heart attack and died. And in the aftermath of his death, his widow turned all the company records over to outside accountants, which they had never used. Red flag. I didn't bother to find this out at the time. Red flag. This is where my personal responsibility comes in. And long story short, it turns out there were many irregularities in the finances and the whole thing came crumbling down. 1,500 investors lost upwards of $440 million. We've been in bankruptcy court for two years, sorting it all out. And it's near resolution with investors seeing maybe 40 cents on the dollar return. The day I got that news, bottom dropped out for me. I went into a tailspin, down a rabbit hole, convinced I was ruined, that I'd never be able to recover. I was in an absolute panic. It took me the better part of two days to pick myself up, gather myself together, and begin to consider the question, okay, deep breath, how is this happening for me exactly? I'm proud of myself that I actually got to that place in two days instead of two years. I didn't spend two years down the rabbit hole of I'm ruined and will never recover. Now, I, I must to be personally responsible here. And I do believe that I am 100% responsible. I've never been good with money. I've never been about money. I've really never understood money. 
It's never been my thing. And the funny part is I've always had enough. I've never been for, poor or even struggled with money. But that, but that bag lady syndrome has always lived deep in my subconscious. That fear manifested this experience. I failed to do my proper vetting. Had I known they did not use outside, they didn't use outside accountants or, or have outside audits, mm, it may or may not have made a difference given that I'm not about money. I, I may not even have known to ask, but not knowing that had me just go in kind of blindly. Now, the thing is, the niggling fear that always lived deep in my subconscious manifested this experience, I believe, so that I could see that that fear wasn't true. I didn't become a bag lady. I didn't lose my home or my ability to create more money. My worst fear came true. And I learned it wasn't true. How's that for a reframe? I'm telling you, on the other side of this experience is freedom. It's, there's a huge relief, I feel. Whew. Okay, that thing I never wanted to have happened. That thing I never wanted to have happened, happened. And I'm still okay. In fact, I'm more than okay. I'm on a whole new creative trajectory in my life at the ripe young age of 80. Well, not that I don't think there will be challenges ahead. Shit happens. I also know that shift happens. So let the shift hit the fan. And I want to say this to all of you. The shift is going to hit the fan in all of our lives multiple times. That's how life is. Life happens. And then you choose how you're going to respond to it. So however you choose to engage with life in this time, think of yourself as a pioneer in the new beyond. None of us has been here before. But if we're here with the mindset that no matter what happens, life is happening for me. How does that set you up to create the kind of future you want to live into? What's the future you're creating today? I really do look forward to engaging with you, dear listener. You all are the lifeblood of this creative endeavor. So let me know what's cooking for you. Come on the Facebook page, Life Beyond the Box, and share what's opening up. What new challenges are you facing here in your new beyond? What's the new possibility or the reframe you get to make now? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review so other people can find us. So dear listener, thanks for being here. Until next time, blessings on the path.